This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, so the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside it. Uh, for instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, so I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, but if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there in 86 nm martin wrote the first book of what became a Are you ready to talk about babysitters? I opened the game again. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Ugh. Got my notes up? Yeah. You read the book. Uh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> I did you? I did. <laughs> Good. Just today. I read it just earlier today. As did I, my friend. But what a good book it was. What? What was it? Yeah, didn't you think it was a good book? I thought it was the weirdest book we've ever read to date. Yeah. And we've read a lot of crazy shit in these books. <laughs> this one was like a fever dream, Jack. <laughs> it was off the rails. Like, I had to go reread sections being like, did I miss a chapter? Like, what is happening? <laughs> this is the weirdest book we've ever read. Yeah. We'll get into it. <laughs> Should we introduce ourselves first? Yes. Hi, hi. Hey, yo. <laughs> And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Club. Good. <laughs> a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard. And I, Tanner Greenring. Talk about, God, just endlessly about the classic works of Princeton's own, Princess. Nope. Annabelle. Nope. Matthews. Martin. The Magnificent. Nope. First of her kind. Nope. First of her name. Nope. Last of her kind. No. Last hope. No. For humankind. Nope. Stormborn. No. No. None of that. I thought you were going to add to it. No, I won't indulge <laughs> you. <laughs> that Stormborn is yours. That's your That's your. I don't little... care how I was feeling last week. <laughs> this week, I'm not into it. <laughs> you focus up. Okay, fine. Jack. Right. Princeton's right. own Anne Matthews Martin. Great. Great. Princeton's own. Stormborn. Princess Martin Stormborn. Yes. Good. No princess. <laughs> Princeton's own Anne Matthews Martin. Yep. Stormborn. Stormborn. <laughs> Anne. Anne. What were you doing this week? Yeah, Anne. This what? this was a bananas book. <laughs> this book was fucking crazy. 
What were it you was, thinking? It was bananas. <laughs> and? And. And I, you know what I saw right at the end? I saw that sly little thing right at the end, and where you're yeah. like, not my fault. <laughs> not all the, aus- the author gratefully acknowledges Ellen Miles for her help in preparing <laughs> this manuscript. Nice yeah. try, Anne. Yeah. Don't try to pass the buck. Yeah. This was a weird-ass book. Yeah, did Ellen Miles put all the weird, crazy fucking shit where <laughs> Stacy is hallucinating in this book? Yeah, and that, did you that do Ellen? that? You, weren't, you, you just wrote, the, you wrote a regular book about Stacy visits an old house and has a few babysitting experiences, and then Ellen Miles throws in some shit where it's like, and then she saw the flames rising from the window. <laughs> Consuming a man. <laughs> what the fuck? And then at the end, it's like, oh, here's some very, very tenuous explanations for all of those crazy-ass things you saw, Stacy. Yeah. Oh, man, I have a theory. I want to hear it. Do you okay. want to say it now? No, or I think we... we should do our things. Oh, wow. This is the first. Baby Nation, you heard it here first, and I'd like to hear Tanner corroborate this. Are you saying, Tanner, that you would like us to move on? All right. Well, I'm, as you know, all aboard. What we're going to do here. Can we do a podcast about Jack Reacher? <laughs> yeah. It's the other thing at the top of my, like, recently read. Is there one that's called iBooks? Jack Reacher on board? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> Jack Reacher super special. Jack Reacher goes to summer camp. I'm presently reading one. It's just called Make Me. Yeah, that's a good one. There's a new one, man. Yeah, there's a new Oh, wait. There's a new, new one? It's coming out in one week. What's it called? Night School. Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, Lee Child, Jack Reacher, Night School. Night School. Uh, Make Me is really good. Um, I'm enjoying it. Good. That's not what we're talking about here today. What I'm not we... interested in what we're talking about. <laughs> I know you're not, dude. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> You don't need to tell me. <laughs> what we are talking about is the classic works of Princeton's own princess. And Matthews and Martin. Matthews Martin. Stormborn. Stormborn. <laughs> And her works, her I'm pre-ordering this Jack Reacher book, <laughs> and her classic works. I'm now going to describe this book, and then if I leave anything out, I'm going to put 60 seconds on that big bad clock, and Tanner's going to fill in the details. Are you ready, sir? I am going to begin. Look at me. <laughs> this sounds so good. <laughs> Fuck you. I can't wait till this comes out. Listen to me. I'm going to begin. Describing this novel <laughs> any minute now. <laughs> I'm going to begin now. In the summer of 1990, a young girl named Anastasia McGill stopped to look in the windows of an abandoned house that was slated for demolition. Five days later, she was discovered in the same spot, raving about ghostly flames swarms of buzzing flies and terrifying visitations from the spirit world the fantastic story of her harrowing experience has been widely publicized but anastasia never disclosed the full details to the media now her own carefully reconstructed memories and independent interviews with a number of local girls from her babysitting group reveal the mind-bending details of the sensational chilling event known as stacy and the mystery of Stony Brook. True story. Good. I, t- I, I took a lot of that from the Amityville horror. Yeah, it's just that. <laughs> There's a lot of horror references in this book. Yeah. You know yeah. what, Jack? Mm-hmm. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. You know when this episode's going up? When? Halloween day. What? That's so perfect. I hope you're spooked out right now. I hope you're spooked out, baby nation. Uh, You don't want to know what's going to be spooky. Is you you describing? It's not spooky. This is full of horror. I just want to really quickly hit the horror references. Yeah. The house you mentioned. The house of Amityville. The house that is like the Amityville house Mm -hmm. in this novel happens to be on Elm Street. Wait, really? Yep. Shit. (laughs) Ever hear of it? I had a dream about Freddy Krueger last night. Did you really? Yeah. That's weird. I sometimes dream about Freddy Krueger. It's the worst. Why? I don't know, man. That's really so weird. Yeah. I wish it wouldn't happen. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Obvious references to Amityville Horror. Yep. They mention it up All in the text, book. Baby Nation. Look it up. If you didn't read it along this week, you can look it up in the text. The it's house on, on Elm Street was mm-hmm. built upon... A 
fucking graveyard. A burial ground. A burial ground. Which is a common trope in horror. Mm-hmm. It is it is a key feature of Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery which is also mentioned in this book. Mm-hmm. But also, the house is haunted by a poltergeist. Yep. Another classic story of a house and entire town mm-hmm. built on an ancient burial ground. Yep. It is just, it is, it is a who's who of horror. Yeah, it is a who's who of horror and the occult and the otherworldly and the ethereal and th- the things that bump in the fucking night. The key lesson from this novel that justifies everything that Tanner and I have talked about over the last 35 fucking episodes. Anna Martin reveals, and this is not taken back at the end of the book when she tries to take everything back. Nice try, Anne. Yeah, nice fucking try, Anne. The town of Stony Brook was built on a burial ground. Yes. That is... Confirmed. Confirmed. In canon. Thanks, Anne. It's in canon now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's see you fucking wriggle out of this one well i think she can yeah let's get through my 60 seconds (laughs) okay oh wow but then i'm pretty sure that she can wriggle out of this one all right listen before we go any before we go any further i'm gonna put 60 seconds on the big bad clock and you're gonna fill in the details that i may have missed yep about what happened in this novel are you ready sir born ready let's begin now okay so there are multiple readings of this book i'm gonna ignore the most obvious reading for now and just give you what happens in the text stacy mcgill needs to take care of charlotte johansson for an entire week her parents are going to visit the ailing grandpa johansson and charlotte needs to stay with stacy for a week it's like she has a little sister it's so much fun christy uncovers a oh so they visit a haunted house sorry they visit an old house that's slated for demolition as jack stated Christy discovers a book that has a map in it that reveals that all of Stony Brook is built on an ancient burial ground, and the house is one of the oldest houses in the place. And I'm, there's no way I'm out of time already. Uh, they it, it, they demolish the house. The house is haunted, and they meet an old man who lived in the house, and he and says time. the house is haunted. You know what I, I want to do? Yeah. I want to bring back an old segment. Yeah. What's it called? Tanner Google. No, it's called Double Takes. Double Takes. Where you get another 30 seconds to fucking tell us what happens in this book. Okay. Because, boy, you got hung up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start it again. I'm going to give you another 30 seconds. Okay. Are you ready from where you were? I think so. Okay. So Chrissy discovers a map. It, it shows that it, this house that is old is one of the oldest houses in Stony Brook. Um, Stacy and Charlotte keep visiting it and they keep having weird visions and then everyone starts having weird nightmares about the house. They visit this old man who lived in the house and he says it's haunted by a in ghost a called fucking nursing home. Old Rubber Nose and yeah. um, then he mysteriously dies and, and leaves a note for Stacy that says, psych, all that stuff was just a joke. Um, but Stacy just keeps having nightmares and then they conveniently explain away all the weird ass shit that happens in this house and then that's that then that's it. There's a lot that happens in this book. That's why I gave you an extra thirty seconds. And how do you think she can like wriggle out of this this elaborate maze she's made for herself? I'll tell you how. Okay. At the beginning of this book, can you tell me kind of one thing well, it, it comes up in every Stacy book. Okay. But it seems especially prevalent. Mm-hmm. In this book, right? What is what is Stacy and her parents most concerned about oh. towards the beginning of this book? I see where you're going. Well, they're deeply worried that her diabetes is getting out of control. Yeah, it's n- worse than normal. Right, something's going wrong. Like even just regular foods, her dad is like, "Stacy, something's going wrong." Right. Yeah. The, her doctor and Stacy and her parents seem to be chalking it up to like puberty, mm-hmm. like. Oh, Stacy's going through a lot of changes right now, and it makes it hard to track her blood blood sugar levels, and her diabetes is harder to keep control of, and she really needs to kind of keep an eye out on what she eats, right? Right. That was foreshadowing, Jack. Okay. At some point in this novel, yeah, Stacy McGill slips into a diabetic coma, <laughs> and from that point on, Deep it's in. it's purely the the fantasy taking place within Stacy McGill's head. And Freddie can get you in a coma, right? Oh my god. Can, <laughs> like Freddie will have a fucking 
field day with you <laughs> while you're in a coma. Oof. Like he doesn't have to worry about anything, man. He's got all the time in the world when you're in a coma. Happy Halloween, baby nation. This book is too weird. Yeah. For it to not be a fantasy. I was fully expecting when I got to the end of this book, I was fully expecting to be like, and then I woke up. Yeah. Because it was so weird, and they never it's quite so, explain it. I think we need to paint a picture for the Baby Nation about how fucking weird this book is. They, Stacy and Charlotte Johansson show up at the old mysterious house that's slated for demolition. Yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, at the end of Stacy's street, yeah. there's this creepy old house. <laughs> it was never there before. Nope. <laughs> But it's been there since the beginning. Five books in Stony Brook. Oh, and by the way, Stony Brook was fucking built on a burial ground. Cannon, cannon. Now, and I'll tell you something, man. If you want to call me up right now, if you call me <laughs> right now, I'll let you take that back. <laughs> I will let you take that back. If my phone doesn't ring within the next five fucking minutes, you just have our numbers. And yeah, just ask the fucking scholastic lawyers. <laughs> All 12 of you assholes, alleged assholes. And we know you're listening. <laughs> oh, we know you're listening. <laughs> you call us up and you say, hey, that was a mistake. It's not canon. That Stony Brook was built on a fucking burial ground. I'm not sure ground. it's canon. It happens, oh. af- it happens post-coma. I think we need to assume <laughs> that Stacy McGill has slipped into a diabetic coma. Stacy McGill and Charlotte Johansson show up. They either- make, Jack, they make such a big deal of Stacy's troubles with like maintaining her insulin levels that was going wrong they make such a big deal about it at the beginning of this book and then it never comes up again i just assumed that that was preparing for like book number 47 stacy and the trouble with death no it was preparing for book number whatever dumb book we're on right now (laughs) stacy and the diabetic coma where she (laughs) fantasizes about freddy krueger coming after her in her goddamn dreams well let's talk about the fantasy okay she and Charlotte Johansson show up. There's this empty fucking house. The construction workers are, have left from their demolition. They see a face in the window. Right. She comes back later. She sees a flame burning in the window. Yep. She comes back later. She the looks house is coated. Yeah. In swarms of, of flies. buzzing flies. Yeah. Which reminds her of the Amityville horror, which happened. I looked this up. The Amityville horror. The true story that the Amityville horror is based on happened in '79, so it's it's that's recent. recent history. Yep, that's like Anna Martin lived through that. Both the girls see flames in the windows. Yeah, Charlotte and Stacy are both at the house. They see flames in the windows. And they're right. like, "Oh my god, the house is on fire!" Stacy jumps into action mm-hmm. because, as much as I hate to admit it, Stacy is a go getter. Stacy fucking kicked ass in this book. She kicked ass. Yeah, also lending to the fact that this was perhaps. A fantasy-fueled coma vision. Okay, we'll table that for the nonce. Because as we both know, Stacy does a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Very low on that list is kick-ass. <laughs> but she kicked ass in this book. <laughs> she sees a fire in the front window, and she goes and grabs a wheelbarrow full of water. I don't know why there was a wheelbarrow full of water there. Because it's but a there dream, was. Tanner. Yes, because it was a dream. What happens? You see a fire in your dream. There's she runs up to the window. No fire. No fire. Both girls hallucinated it. Yeah. That night they go home, they go to bed. Both girls, Charlotte and Stacy, have a nightmare about the house. They have the same fucking dream. They have the same dream. Yep. Where they are standing in front of the house and they were powerless to prevent some tragedy befalling the house. Stacy dreams of a fire. She can't help the person who is screaming in the windows because she's frozen in her place. That same night, Charlotte's dream. There was a storm coming. I could hear the thunder and lightning was flashing in the sky. Then all of a sudden, the ground where I was standing right there by the house started to shake. Then the worst part happened. I was looking at the front of the house and all of a sudden, I saw something at the front door or at the hole where the front door used to be. It was a pair of hands, two old, old hands. They were all skinny and bony and they were waving. It was like they were saying, Come in, Charlotte. Come in. Oh, Stacy, it was so awful. That was Charlotte's dream. And then, worst of them all is the house is demolished. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All of Stony Brook comes to watch 
the house be demolished. Right. Everyone in Stony Brook. It's probably the fucking best thing that's happening right now. So there's no boys basketball no, games this week. It's, it's off season. <laughs> yeah. So everyone's like, well, what are you doing? It's, it's October. Basketball yeah. season hasn't quite started yet. Yeah. All of Stony Brook shows up to watch this house being demolished. The, demoli- the, the demolishers, consummate professionals. They know how to do their jobs. And you know what? A building being demolished, not exciting. Uh-huh. It's by the books, you know? All of a sudden, Brooke shows up. They're all bored out of their minds. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's get out of here. This is boring. They're, they're just tearing this place down yeah. brick by brick. Who cares? Except one person. Stacy McGill. Stacy McGill. Mm-hmm. The second the the demolisher's wrecking ball bites into the building, Stacy slips into another vision of the house being engulfed in flames. And from the flames steps out the the figure of a man beckoning her calling her stacy help me stacy come stacy come just into like the in house. her fucking dream exactly and no she's looking around frantically she's like is anyone else seeing this and they're yeah. all just like chit-chatting and being like this is so boring this is such a by the books demolition yeah what are we even doing here this house wasn't even here two weeks ago yeah <laughs> right exactly <laughs> now we have go, to demolish i'm gonna go swimming it. in this swimming pool full of corpses <laughs> And Charlotte Johansson says, I'm going to go watch TV. And what, what, sorry, are you calling me from inside the TV? And she puts her hands up on the TV and then yeah. she's gone. <laughs> all plot elements. This book is Poltergeist. too scary. Yeah. Jack, Stacy's going crazy in this book. She's going crazy. Okay. And then she talks to this old man who's like, yeah, it's old it's Mr. All Hennessy. True. He tells, he tells her some shit. Oh my God. He tells her some shit. The thing that he tells her that is most interesting is the tale of old rubber nose. Old Mr. Hennessy, they get, Claudia fucking takes a moment to do something that Claudia would never be expected to do. She goes to the library. <laughs> uh-huh. This book, like the the narrative that Claudia is experiencing is so like an, her favorite Nancy Drew that she feels like it's worth going to the library to look some shit up. Right. She goes to the library and figures out that the house where all this creepy shit is happening at belongs to a man named old Mr. Hennessy. Right. And then she looks him up in the white pages and he's still alive. He's like 92 years old. He's in a nursing home. Right. They go visit him. Stacy's like, hey, Mr. Hennessy, sorry, I know you don't know me. This is crazy. This is crazy. But here's my number. Here's my number. <laughs> Call me Stacy. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All the other boys. <laughs> All the other boys. <laughs> what do they say? I don't remember. So they, they talk to Mr. Hennessy. They're trying to date me. And they're like, they're that is true me. of Stacy. Oh, that is true. Um, Mr. Hennessy is like, oh yeah, I lived in that house all my life. I saw a lot of crazy ass shit when I was living in that house. Yeah, the, including the house was nuts. The ghost, yeah, of Mr. Rubbernose. Yeah, Mr. Fucking Rubbernose. It's like ripped out of a Little Sister book. Yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. One of these ghoulish, the Bone Catcher. I thought that too. You wouldn't know, you Baby Nation. Baby bees. Yeah, sorry, Baby Nation. We're referring to a, a kind of a spin-off podcast of our own. It's a you know how like sh- when shows get too big for their boots and then they end up having a bunch of spin-offs that nobody watches. No, everyone watches. Like, like they're more popular than the original. People the, kind of forget that. Uh, Babysitters the Club, Club, which is a podcast that you currently listen to, starring me, Jack Shepard, and me, Tanner Green, has a spinoff. Yeah. And you know, I'm embarrassed to say it, but there is a spinoff. It's called The Little Sister. It's little called episodes. Babysitters Club Club: colon, Little Sisters, starring me, Tanner Greenring. Yeah, me, and Jack me, Shepard. Jack Shepard. Yeah. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's jerks, Jumping Jerks, Jack's jumping jerks. and Tanner's Tiny, Tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. 
Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. I'm really, I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're now back. But I'm, now I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates 000. all the time, so you can keep playing as 70, much as you 000. want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge-worthy, and it's like, it's bite-sized. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge-worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy That's sh- friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> um, what are we talking about? Don't remember. Oh, and so Mr. Oh, Mr. Snively. Fucking Rubbernose, who yeah, sounds Mr. like Rubbernose. he could come from a, a little sister book, is... And this is corroborated in the text. This guy, old man, Mr. Hennessy, says to Stacy, oh, thanks for coming. Let me tell you the tale of Mr. Rubbernose. He was a guy who, in in old Stony Brook when I was a young man, had his nose chopped off. Yep. Then he lives his life, and everyone's like, fuck you, Mr. Rubbernose. Your nose is gone. Like, I'm super uninterested in being your friend. Right. Then he dies, but he haunts that fucking house forever fucking more. Right. Until, according to old Mr. Hennessy, he can find someone who will love him despite the fact that he he has a, like, a rubber nose replacing his old nose. Okay, so here's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah. Rubber nose is a weird-ass fucking name to just come up with. Not really. Rubber considering nose? his affliction. Rubber <laughs> Not considering his affliction, considering that you're Ann Matthews Martin. Uh-huh. Rubber nose. Uh-huh. What is an obvious anagram? Uh-huh. May I ask you? Rubber ones? <laughs> <laughs> Let me set you up here with some information that will help you. In Boner Rebus? <laughs> I don't want you. I didn't actually is it want boner you. Boner rebus? <laughs> no, I didn't want you to actually look it up. Let me tell you something. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me tell you something that is true of this novel. Stacy looks into the mysterious house of Stony Brook, and she's There's some good ones. She sees flames. Wait, wait, wait. Let me actually do this on my own. Okay. Burn. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes. Flames. Burn or what? Rubber. Okay, let me work out what I've got. Okay. 
burn? No. Or is it burner bees? <laughs> yes, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber nose? Yeah. It's an anagram. Yeah. For burn? Or. Bees. Yes. <laughs> That's something that Anne Matthews Martin just casually threw into this fucking crazy batshit fucking book. Burn or bees? Stacy looks at a flame. And guess what? Guess what I can now reveal to you, Baby Nation, and something that Tanner fucking already knows? The swarm of flies that Stacy sees behind the house that reminds her of the Amityville horror, the terrifying swarm of flies. It's explained away. Is explained away at the end of the book. Because By Christy. You know what she says? What does Christy say, Tanner? It's bees. <laughs> it's not flies. That Oh, uh, Stacy, that horrifying swarm of flies you saw all over the house. Oh, don't worry. It wasn't flies. It's it bees. was just bees. Christy was grinning. And remember those yucky flies that reminded you of that movie, she said? That was a bunch of bees (laughs) whose hive had been disturbed by those guys. (laughs) You're lucky you didn't get stung. Don't worry, Stacy. It was just bees. It was just bees, and you're lucky you (laughs) didn't get stung. You know what Stacy did instead? She got burned. She got burned. She had to sit and watch as the house burned down. It's one or the other, Stacy. It's your choice. It's a fucking binary put it's to you just Stacey, by Anne Matthews Nation, Martin. This is a choice for all of us. Burn? Burn or bees. Or bees. <laughs> Someday, you know what? All of us are going to lead good long lives, yeah. Baby Nation. I believe Happy that. Lives. I believe that for every one of us. Yeah. And then we'll expire in the night. Yeah. But laying with in bed. the person who loves us most. Next to us. The person who loves us most. And we'll... we'll our souls will go somewhere. It'll be a dark void, and there'll be a presence there, and the presence will just look down at us and say, Burn or bees. Choose. And you'll have a tough choice to make, Baby Nation. And you know what? You're in luck, because you've got a little insight. Yeah, choose bees. Imagine, just, imagine never hearing this podcast or reading one of these books and hearing that, and you're like, yeah. oh, God, I don't know. <sighs> Who knows? Yeah, those both sound bad. Yeah. Choose bees, baby nation. Choose. Choose burn, baby nation. (laughs) Purging fire that will consume us all. (laughs) Jack. Uh, Yeah. It's all a diabetic coma dream. It must be because it's too fucking weird to not be. Too fucking crazy. The shit that happens in this book is nuts. This is a weird ass book. This is a through the looking glass fantasy coma dream. Mm Mm-hmm. But... Did you have mm-hmm. a... Yeah, I got one. I got a super quick one. Okay. It's real fast. It's early on uh-huh. in the novel. Yeah. Stacy is describing... Marianne in the chapter two section where they repeat everything that happens every fucking chapter two for 35 books in a row. I just skip those now. <laughs> I read them because sometimes you get good stuff in there. Apparently. Where they're just like, ah, oh, Christy, where's turtlenecks? Apparently you can get Burns of the Week in there. Yeah. Claudia, this is fashionable. Here's what Stacy says about Marianne. Marianne is extremely shy and sensitive. And I mean sensitive. She cries at the drop of a hat. Probably because she feels sorry for the hat. (laughs) That's it. Very good. (laughs) She's got deep empathy. Marianne. I bet she looks in her closet every day. Uh She's picking out her outfits. Yeah. And she feels bad for shirts she hasn't worn in a while. Fuck, that is also true of me. (laughs) That is 100% true of me. Do you want to know a true fact that's maybe a little bit too revealing? Yeah, please. I am currently wearing a pair of underpants. Uh-huh. I'm I'm noticing them. <laughs> wearing a pair of underpants that are ripped all the way up both sides on the back. Uh-huh. It's an audio medium, so it's not it's not <laughs> X-rated just yet. Uh-huh. And I'm wearing them under my shorts. But the reason that I'm wearing them 
is because it's one last <laughs> it's one last dance. One last for, tango, huh? One last tango for the they got ripped and I was like, I'm gonna throw them out and then it was just like, you know what? I don't wanna close my <laughs> eyes. I don't wanna fall asleep cause I miss you, pants. And tomorrow You and Marianne both, man. Tomorrow they're going in the trash. Ugh. Just like May flights of angels. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna yeah. know my dumb burn of the week? We are we're talking about, about burn it. of the week. It's stupid. Yeah, what's your fucking burn? This was just too weird of a book, man. <laughs> mine, we already talked about mine. It's like everything burns in this book. Claudia, yeah. everything burns. Everything burns. Or everything bees, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you make your choice. Claudia goes to the Press library. Press for bees. <laughs> Press one now. <laughs> Baby Nation. <laughs> Claudia goes to the library. Yeah. She's researching the history of Stony Brook. She's trying to figure out who this house belonged to. She figures out eventually that it belongs to a man named Ronald Hennessy. Hennessy. You know, she's caught up. She's like, okay, I'm, I've, I'm on to something. I'm on to something. This is this house belongs to a Mr. Ronald Hennessy. Where do, oh, God, how do I find this guy? How do I find a Mr. Ronald Hennessy living in Stony Brook, Connecticut? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I have, I have no leads. Like, how do I, where do I go from here? Turns out Mrs. Kishi, Claudia's mom, is a head librarian. Do we know that before now? I didn't know it felt new to me. Finally, Claude went over to her mom's... <laughs> I'm loving your burn of the week already. I'm sorry. It's really good. <laughs> Finally, Claude went over to her mom's desk. Mom, where would you look to see if someone who used to live in Stony Brook still does live in Stony Brook? <laughs> Mrs. Kishi looked up at Claudia, surprised. She must have wondered what Claude was up to, but she didn't ask. She just smiled and said, I would try the phone book. <laughs> Claude told me later that she wished she, there was a trap door that she could have fallen into right then. How dumb she had been. <laughs> she was so wrapped up. Yeah. She, was, she was deep in this conspiracy. She, she, she thought her mom was going to be like, beneath, a secret archive. Yeah, beneath the basement, there's a secret archive. Let's check the Freemasons logs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look it up in the phone book. Good. Good burn. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jesse's. I didn't have one. What? Tearful moment. Oh, I'm fucking loaded with tearful moments. We'll just, we'll, we'll get there. You were saying Jesse. I have some shit to say about Jesse in this oh, book. Oh, cool. That's awesome because I brought up Jesse because I had some shit to say about Jesse. I didn't take conversation class in college, but yeah. my memory of how conversations work is that when one person brings up a conversation topic, yeah, but then they the get other person to... derails them and they have to bring it back on. <laughs> no, nope. I don't think that, I don't think that's how it works. I think the way it works is if imagine let's role play here. Love role playing. We're at a cocktail party. Yep. Great. Oh, have um, have you read the latest New Yorker magazine? <laughs> No, I haven't. Oh, there's so many stimulating articles in it. Can I get you more champagne? Please do. And what's your name, sir? Sir Archibald <laughs> von Pissenwald. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why are you laughing? Oh, I'm sorry. I just remembered. It's just my name. A, a hilarious uh, joke I read in the New Yorker. Tell magazine. me about it, please. <laughs> Walk me through it. It's I can't wait to hear shouts it. Shouts and murmurs. Yeah, it sounds enchanting. <laughs> It's about a woman named Jessie. Uh-huh. That's um, a very crass name. It sounds very American, am I right? Her name is Jessie Ramsey, and I was wondering whether I... Oh, yes, how draw. <laughs> Go ahead. Mark von uh, Markson. <laughs> I've heard of you. Oh, yes. Might be allowed to talk about the thing that I personally brought up. Please do. Oh, okay. Is that how we do it in polite society? That's how we do it in the Pissenwald family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, why are you laughing? <laughs> Archibald von Pissenwald is a new... Uh, yeah, he's in the canon now, Anne. 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 Great. So the guy who brings it up, I think we've proved with that role play, the guy who brings it up gets to talk about the thing. Oh, yeah. I forgot what we were doing. Great. Jesse's weird constant like presence and absence in this novel. Did you catch it? Absolutely. I did. Every time that Jesse is mentioned, she's mentioned in terms of her absence. When Charlotte's family calls up the Babysitter's Club to be like, hey, can someone babysit Charlotte for a week? 
they're like, oh, Jesse would be able to do it, except Jesse's just away. Like, no Jesse's going to New Jersey for the Jesse's weekend. going to New Jersey for some fucking weird reason. Christy calls an emergency meeting of the Babysitter's Club, which has only happened, I think, probably maybe three total times. Quote, everybody agreed that an emergency meeting was a great idea. As it turned out, Jesse was the only one who wouldn't be able to make it. Yep. She had ballet class. Oh, turns out Jesse has ballet class. Uh, and then when they first discover the weird map, like the crazy map that falls out of the secret weird book that somehow is just sitting in an old chest that Watson Brewer bought, Anne. Anne. <laughs> when they first look at that map, they're like, oh, we should talk to all the babysitters about it. And then Stacy is like, we didn't even try to call Jessie because we knew she was away for the weekend. Right. Why would you remark on that? Why? Why would you bring that up? We weren't thinking of it. Except that Jesse's just not there. Everyone's there except Jesse. What does this mean about Jesse? Here's all that I can think of in terms of what this text brings to explaining that. There is a moment when Claudia goes to the library to babysit for a bunch of kids. Yep. And they read a little book. And the idea is that they'll read the book and after they've read the book, they'll paint a mural together yep. that represents their feelings about the book that they just read. Sure. Here's the description of the mural. Besides the dinosaurs, there were soldiers with amazing weaponry, witches holding brooms, ballerinas, and a Candyland-like area where lollipops grew. It was a great mural. So, so the children of Stony Brook. The children of Stony Brook. They have some kind of naive insight. There's a fucking, there's a, a house that just sprung up out of nowhere. Yep. That's full of ghosts and spirits. It's surrounded by dinosaurs. It's the children of Stony Brook are talking. Soldiers with amazing weapons. Right. I'm not even sure who that is. That is a faction yet to be discovered, baby nation. Yeah. But what we do have is the witches, obviously. The ballerinas. And what we do have is the ballerinas. Yeah. Living in their Candyland fantasy world. Right. So all I can say in terms of Jesse's absence is she's busy. She's busy conscripting, yeah, fellow ballerina Candyland soldiers, right, in the battle against the witches, the unseen soldiers with their fantastic weapons, and the fucking dinosaurs. Wow, what a what a world we're living in. Yeah, you know, you know, the only place capable of creating such a rich tapestry of fantastical delights is jack stony brook Connecticut. the mind of a broken young woman named stacy mcgill if you were in a diabetic coma what kind of a fantasy would you have me personally yeah probably something inspired by a lot of the stuff i've been doing lately i've been try to draw around. from the things we've been talking about today oh, oh okay um if i slipped into a diabetic coma right now right now god forbid i would find myself on a lonely country road Mm-hmm. And I would be walking down it. And after some time, I would come to a crossroad. And there would be a man sitting there strumming a banjo. Mm-hmm. And I would say, oh, I guess I'm lost. Um, can you point me in the right direction? And he would gesture to the right. And he would say, well, you can go right. And he'd gesture to the left. He'd say, you can go left. And I would say, what's to the right? And he said, you go to the right, you burn. Yeah. I said, well, what's to the left? He says, you go to the left. Please. And Baby Nation. And I say, I don't want to go. And he says, you have to. Burn or bees. Baby Nation. It's all in the text, people. It's like it sounds, It sounds like we're making this up. It's all right there in the text. It's all right there in the text. She's out preparing the way for the war that is coming. She's the ballerina in that mural. Uh, Stacy is off in a fucking Candyland fantasy. Guess what is a Candyland fantasy? A literal diabetic coma. <laughs> Wow. Stacy is off in a quote unquote Candyland fantasy. It's right there in the text. Diabetic coma. They are preparing for a war that is coming. Is there any evidence in this text, my friend, that says that Stony Brook is preparing for a war? Yeah, the war is mentioned many times. Yes. It is a game that Stacy teaches to young Charlotte Johansson a card game. Why are we doing this? Why are we playing war over and over again? And Charlotte's like, more war, more war, 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 more, more. They're preparing for the war 
that is coming. Stacy is in a Candyland fantasy. But there is a war coming to Stony Brook, my friends. Which side will you fall on? Burn or bees? <laughs> Which side do the dinosaurs fall on? <laughs> I don't know. I fucking, whatever the dinosaurs are on, that's the thing that I'm on. <laughs> are you serious that you didn't have in this novel? Chief Woman? A. <gasps> I'm low enthusiasm because no, I didn't. I absolutely did not have one. No, I'm very low enthusiasm. I didn't have one. Okay. Do you think that I might have had one? I don't know. Frankly, I don't care. Did you have one? There was no tearful moments other than old man Hennessy dying. I miss you, Stacy. Charlotte said. I wish you could be here to read Charlotte's Web with me. She sounded kind of sad, but I knew she must be glad to be home with her parents. She told me all about her grandpa and how much better he was feeling. We talked for a long time, and we didn't mention our, quote, mystery once. Finally, it was time to say goodbye. I have to go to bed now, Stacy, said Charlotte. Good night, big sister. I had a lump in my throat, but I smiled and said, Good night, little sister. Yeah, that's the last line of the book. I love you. She actually says, love ya. Love ya. You Jack, know? here's what I'm worried about. Okay. You and I both live in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, let's not triangulate. The concrete jungle where dreams are made of. <laughs> <laughs> we we live in the concrete jungle where dreams are made of. If you can figure that out, if you can penetrate through <laughs> that thorny mystery... And figure out where we live, then good for you. Don't tell anyone else. We you live and in a concrete jungle. You and I both live butt blocks. Where dreams are made. From of. a very prominent avenue in Brooklyn. It feels like you're really triangulating now. Named after one of the two major bodies of water on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Well, what's weird is we live butt blocks, and now I'm really triangulating from two different streets. Yeah. Both of which. I mean the big one. Are named after two different I mean bodies the, of water. I mean the on this big planet. street, which is named after the smaller body of water. <laughs> uh huh. Two hundred and fifty years ago, Jack. Yeah. That was the main avenue mm-hmm. for continental soldiers. Okay. Marching against the British mm-hmm. in the Revolutionary War. Right. Countless, countless, countless soldiers, mm-hmm. both British and continental, fought and died. On this strip of land that is now a major avenue in Brooklyn, New York, named after a major body of water that is not the Pacific Ocean. Right. Soldiers with amazing weaponry. Amazing weaponry. And dinosaurs. And now, 250 years later, Mm -hmm. there's apartment buildings all over the place, including yours and mine. Right. It's urban sprawl. Are we, Jack, are we Mm -hmm. living our lives built upon the, the graves of... The fallen dead. Shit. And do we have to worry about old rubber nose <laughs> haunting the hallowed halls of our buildings at night? Because now I'm worried about it. I wasn't until now, but not, like a million, a million people have lived and died in this neighborhood that we're living in, Jack. Yeah. We live in a big city, an old city. Yeah. Can we go home? We can go home. I'd just like to say one thing. Is it even our home? It's it's the home of the souls of a thousand fallen soldiers. We're living on soldiers. borrowed land. We're living on borrowed time. I'd just like to say one thing to Baby Nation right now. When this episode is released, it will be Halloween. And if on this Halloween you see at your doorstep dinosaurs, soldiers with amazing weaponry, witches holding brooms, or ballerinas... Take a second to think for yourself whether you are who you think you are or whether you are Stacy in a diabetic dream. Or and if, if you see any of those things come to your door on yeah. Halloween night, yeah, like do not hesitate cops. to yeah. lash out at them and strike them down with the fury of God. Yeah, It may look like a small child <laughs> in a costume. It is not. Strike them down. That is that is Strike. the trick they play on you. <laughs> Strike them down and say this is yeah. this is in the name of Stacy McGill. Yeah, and if you're in New York, also call four one one. Please call four one one. Hey, hey, we did it. 
I'm going back to my notes. This has been no, don't go to your notes. We're gonna we're done. We're done here. We're done here. This has been another episode of the Babysitters Club Club. I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tana Greenring. This week we read Stacy and the Mystery of Stony Brook. Next week is gonna be a special super special week. Why? Because what do you mean? we're going to have read Babysitters Club Super Special number two. Babysitters go camping. Babysitters summer vacation. Babysitters summer vacation. Is that what? Is I know, that what absolutely not. Who fucking knows? Babysitters at Camp Mohawk. Babysitters go camping in Camp Mohawk. That's not it. <laughs> All the babysitters uh, get together and go to a camp. And- babysitters. It's called Super Special Babysitters Club. Super Special Number Two. Babysitters summer vacation. That's what I said. I know. <laughs> babysitters summer vacation. I've been Jack Shepard. I've been Tanner Greenring. Claudia. Claudia. No, no, no. Don't you fucking dare. Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Now turn off the game. I'm trying. I'm doing it. Just turn it off and I'm get... I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm trying. You're not trying. You're trying to kill a zombie with your plant. Turn off the game. I'm trying so hard. It's... <laughs> oh, not... It's not working. I don't... <laughs> I I have been a teen, and I know this particular trick. Yeah. You just hit power on the Nintendo. God, it's... Uh, <laughs> Just turn it off, dude. It's bedtime. Okay, I'm doing it. It's bedtime. Oh, oh God. <laughs> okay, I'm up. I'm out. All right. Let me pull up my notes. Check, 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 check. <laughs> hey, let me pull up my notes. Oh, Winky.